Recently, I was on the amazing Courageous Worth podcast with Ashley Baxter. Such a fun interview. And Ashley even made me cry a little bit when she asked which was the most powerful humanitarian trip and why. She is good, folks. So today we're bringing you some of the highlights of the show here, and you can listen to the whole Courageous Worth podcast on all the usual podcast players, or you can actually see the entire interview at theashleybaxter.com. We'll put the link in the show notes, but as for today, enjoy the highlights. Straight from the boardroom to the microphone, I'm April Garcia, and this is Pivot Me, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. Helping good people become even better. This is Pivot Me. I am here with one of my friends, April Garcia, and my first impression of April was just that she is a firecracker powerhouse. She just has so much energy. She is such a giving person with her time and heart and expertise, and I have just loved getting to know you so much. <laughs> I'm also incredibly jealous of where you live and that you're just a short drive from Lake Tahoe. It's not fair, but I'm thankful that you share images and stories on Instagram. <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, well, tell everyone, like, what does a day in the life of April Garcia look like? Sure, I'd love to. First, I've got to say, though, Ashley, it's funny that you said about giving of your time and that you see my stories on Instagram stories, because I remember meeting <laughs> Ashley, and I think this was the second time we actually met, too, and us standing in, like, a conference room in Nashville and her showing me how to do an Instagram story and me standing there like a technological Luddite, like, how does one do this? And you <laughs> sat there and walked me through how to do an Instagram story. So any Instagram stories that you've seen, I really have you to think actually. <laughs> well, and I have to say that it says a lot about you because you immediately started doing it. Like, I think by that time we were all gone, <laughs> you were like doing stories all the time. So I love how yeah. you commit to something I do. right away. I do. It's kind of like my jam is, um, I, uh, we always say internally that I practice what I call violent execution, which is like, I get it done and I get it done super fast. Like I don't, like once I decide on the path, I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like we're already behind. Let's go. Um, and using Instagram stories may have been an example of that. Like I was like, all right, I go, I know enough, I know enough to be dangerous. Let's do this right now. So <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. So back to your original question, I believe it was, what was the day in the life of April Garcia look like? Yes. So I am an early riser. That is by design, not by nature. I was a night person before, but I do get up really early, usually four or five in the morning. Um, Mornings are very, very important to me. I'm a huge believer of uh, when the morning, when the day. So I have a morning routine that I do in the morning. I follow a thing called Savers, which is based off of the Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs. Um, great book. And it's everything from silence to affirmations, visualizations, exercise, reading and S's for scribe, which is just journaling, but they really needed something to fill the S. Um, <laughs> so I have a really strong morning routine. Um, I really avoid deviating from that if possible. Um, I'll mention if any of your audience that's listening has kiddos, the key to a morning routine is doing it before your kids wake up. Um, so you can still own your morning before they own it. Um, 
I uh, start work very early. I mostly work with East Coast and uh, overseas clients. So that actually works pretty well because then I start my day very early. It's a lot of video chats for work. So we do a lot of conference calls. Again, we work with clients all over the world. Um, The great thing about, as everybody knows now, Zoom, um, but platforms like that are great ways to connect. So mostly run my business, especially now through those. Um, work with a lot of clients. Um, I run a lot of masterminds, which are amazing and wonderful. And I do it just because um, you just align with such such phenomenal people and help them get to their goals. And just seeing it in a group setting and the dynamics, it's just fun, fun experience. So a lot of meetings, a lot of calls. I talk a lot. I listen a lot. Um, and then uh, um, after that, I run a part, um, but I run a consulting firm, Maven. And um, so we work with a lot of different kinds of clients. So it's never, there's never a dull moment. It's very, very exciting stuff. Um, as I believe you mentioned earlier, I'm also a podcaster. So there's podcasting mixed into this, which is weird because I'm constantly shifting hats, right? So like from one more, one moment, I'm looking at a spreadsheet and doing budget reports. And the next second, I'm you know recording a podcast. And then I'm on with a client who's struggling launching a product in the US. And it's a lot of different hats, but I um, love variety and I love change. So that works really well for me. Um, and then I'm usually off, um, earlier. Um, I have two young daughters and I spend a lot of time with them, which has been amazing. Also, again, that's part of the design of me working earlier in the day is so I can be off. We're super, super active family. So most afternoons involve, you know, the mountains and swimming in rivers. And there's a lot of frog catching and, um, boogie boarding lately and things like (laughs) that and, and mountain bikes. Um, so it's really, really active afternoons. Um, so it's a good balance of, I love being an entrepreneur. I love owning my own business. I love leading teams of people. Um, and I also really love um, being a mom and having really like active, dedicated time to them. So I make sure that every day is um, fairly balanced in those. We never we never hit it out of the park every day. But um, for the most part, I've got kind of checks and balances to make sure those things stay um, balanced the way they should be. Balance yeah. the way that, let me rephrase that. I make sure that the, the day is uh, balanced in the way that suits suits me and my family. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. and I love little tidbits of getting to know your family from just hanging out with you online and then seeing stories of them. And they, yeah. I can just tell that you are raising two girls that get to be themselves. Like, I just love their creativity and all the little mishaps they get themselves into. <laughs> True. You're talking about when they got the hula hoop stuck in the tree. That was a pretty common one. Yes. Yeah. It's always something. It's hula hoop stuck in the tree. Or I think I was sharing with you that my my seven-year-old was missing the other day and I got to the back porch and she'd pulled like this little Ikea chair up to the fence and climbed the fence and was sitting on top of the fence talking to our neighbors in her like princess Jasmine um, pajamas. I thought she was getting ready for bed and brushing her teeth. And I was like... (laughs) Where'd she go? She's sitting on the fence talking to our neighbors, probably much to the horror of our neighbors who are trying to have like some private time. And there's my seven-year-old like, so what are you guys doing over there? Um, yes. So they're very much their own individuals. I, I try to meet them where they are and, you know, I'm kind of the bumpers in their lane, but ultimately they're going to bowl how they need to bowl. Mm, I love that. Share a little about, about your business now, what you do, who do you help and how? Sure. Sure. So um, I am a business advisor. I'm an international business advisor and a performance coach. And uh, speaking of what we were just talking about previously, I worked with big business. So I came from corporate America. I worked on the big business side. So big, um, big manufacturers, big uh, distributors, uh, global companies. And they were really, you know, say smallest was maybe like 750 million and then up to maybe three or 4 billion. So really big companies. And it was great and wonderful. Um, I enjoyed what I did, but uh, to get 
real change, real, um, a real pivot, if you will, it was hard because you're talking about this big behemoth of a company. And about a few years ago, probably about two or three years ago, I started switching to the smaller companies, um, smaller revenue size companies where you could make the same changes, but they could be implemented. It probably goes back to the whole violent execution, how I like things to happen really fast and make big sweeping pivots quick. But I realized that the same tools and techniques that we used in the bigger companies could be used in the smaller companies and it made a radical shift. And here was the cool thing that I saw. I saw it with the very first small client, smaller business that I worked with, which was the same changes I could make in a, say a $700 million organization. When you make that in a $30 million organization, it's not just that the company does better. It's not just that the net profit goes up or you enter a new market. The owner's life completely changes. Mm. And that's what I got addicted to is that they started going home earlier at night. They stopped working all weekends, started being able to go to the cabin with their family or get in time to go to the gym at lunch or whatever it is that they were really missing out on. They got to do that because of the kind of the big business tips that they were now using at their level. And then I became addicted to it. So now fast forward to today, I work with those kind of smaller to mid-sized businesses and I work with them with their processes and techniques. But oftentimes um, in a business that size, you got to work with the owner's mindset. Um, so I do a lot of strategy and also mindset work with the owners and help them, we say, get to the next level of success. So that can mean anything. Sometimes that means, hey, I just want to make more money. Hey, I want to launch a new product. Um, but we're really focused on contribution-focused business owners. So like, I want to make more money because I'm going to do this thing with it. Um, there's nothing wrong with if you want to a jet or another house or no, that's fine. You do you, but like, let's also put into something that's doing the greater good. And, um, I would say the older that I get, the more important that is to me. Um, because before my two worlds were very separate when I came, when I worked in corporate America, I was still very much a humanitarian worker. Um, but to be honest with you, I had to hide it. Nobody mm -hmm. knew I did it. So like they would know I go on vacation, but I couldn't say, well, I was actually in Guatemala building a house. Like I couldn't say those sorts of things. Um, and uh, that was okay when I was younger. And then I realized that, that my life wasn't congruent. And I was like, man, I need to be in an environment where that stuff is celebrated, not that it looks as like a weakness or that you're not as dedicated or that you don't have the grit or all those sorts of things. Um, and so fast forward to today, I purposely seek out businesses that are, that are doing that same kind of thing, whether it's humanitarian work or that's just some big passion that they've got that like, Hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to turn around and mentor these, you know, at risk kids, or I'm going to start this nonprofit. Um, so now I specifically work with companies like that, but you know, it's high performance. It's, it's about, Hey, how do I get to the next level? How do I manage my time better? How am I a better leader? How do I show up with more, with more confidence or executive presence, what, whatever it is, it's a whole bunch of things. Um, but we just work with them on a, on a, on a variety of things. And it's just been a huge, a huge pivot and a lot of fun. I love that. You have so many hats <laughs> and you have had so many in your lifetime. You've, I mean, you've done real estate, you've done all these different things. Of all the humanitarian work that you've done, I'm sure mm -hmm. that each of them have been so special to you and meaningful in different ways. But what is one of them that really sticks out to you that has been meaningful? I was leaving this, this humanitarian project. We built this house and it was great and wonderful experience. And then my husband and I were going to stay on in Costa Rica afterwards. And we found out that the, the, the couple that we were building for they lived 40 minutes from the ocean in Costa Rica, you know, beautiful ocean, beautiful seascape. And um, they had never seen the ocean. And wow. she was, well, actually she was probably about 30 and he was about 35 and they'd never seen the ocean. And it blew my team's mind. Cause they're like, how, you know, they're 40 minutes away from it. I'm like, by car, 
there wasn't a car in that driveway. And um, so long story short, my husband and I stayed behind in Costa Rica, took, flew the team out from San Jose. We rented a car and drove back and we picked them up and we drove them to the ocean. Oh, give me emotional. I can never even cry, Ashley, man. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm tearing up too. <laughs> it's, uh, we drove them to the ocean and that was a really, gosh, I haven't thought of this in years awesome experience. Like I'll never forget her in the backseat. It was, it was them and then their young son. And, um, we came like, I crested the hill and then you could see the ocean. And I remember she said, Oh my gosh, it's so big. Like she was so taken by the vastness of the ocean. And, and, um, I still have a picture that I have floating around somewhere and, um, and they're just sitting on the beach and holding their son, looking out at the ocean and just totally flabbergasted by it. Mm. And like, it was such a, um, a simple thing to do. Like for us, it was like, Oh, we'll stay late and we'll go rent a car. And, um, it's a few days of convenience, a few hundred dollars of convenience. Um, but it completely changed their perspective of the world. Like there was a good chance they would have never seen the ocean. Um, so, uh, that was a pretty, pretty, pretty powerful experience. With everything you've done, all the hats that you've worn, everything, where did this entrepreneur spirit come for you? Oh gosh. You know, um, I've been thinking about that. I think it was my problem with authority. Mm. <laughs> I think it's that it's, uh, you know, that happens with a lot of entrepreneurs is I just didn't want to listen to anybody else. <laughs> I understand. Um, so I, I think, you know, I will tell you again, I wore multiple hats. So I worked in corporate America for a very, very long time, but I would run businesses on the side while, I mean, I was like the queen of, of side hustle before they called it side hustle. Right. Um, and so I wore both hats. So I was an ex- excellent corporate employee doing all the things, checking all the boxes. But then I also had, you know, 10 rental properties and I'm driving to such and such to make an offer on this. And like, I, I always had multiple different options. I always knew I wanted to, um, for me, entrepreneurism was also sort of um, getting to create my own destiny. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was designing my future, designing my life, designing my day. And um, that was always the end goal is to be a successful business owner, to run multiple businesses and also um, provide jobs for people. I'm very passionate about that. Um, and so I can't say there was like this one moment, everybody's got the story of like the lemonade stand or like (laughs) selling candy bars to kids. And I did all those things. Um, but I don't know if there was one defining moment other than, um, I just wanted to make my own rules. I didn't want to, even though by day, by eight to five, I was really good at following someone else's rules. Um, I knew that that wasn't the end all be all that I was going to create a whole new game. If I didn't like the game, I was going to create my own game. Instead of complaining about the existing game, I was like, ah, I'll just take my ball and go create another one. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, I didn't want to listen to other people. Yeah. That's what it was, Ashley. Yeah. Well, and along that journey, what are some mindsets that really helped you pursue that? I'll say staying in your own lane. Um, a lot of people do the comparison thing and that will rob us of our confidence um, it will, it will question our ability. Uh, it's just, I, I really had to teach myself to stay in my own lane. We've created a free guide four simple steps to getting more done in less time. In these short videos, I quickly show you the four main steps to productivity, to getting more done, the right things done, but in less time to download your free copy and have it in your inbox ASAP go to pivot-me.com. Get the four simple steps to getting more done in less time. Join us now at pivot-me.com 
backslash multiply me. You know, there's a couple of uh, real powerful questions that I say every day and, and that I, I really encourage people to say is one is asking the question of, is this serving me? And the other question is um, kind of in a different vein, but uh, really relevant to share, which is if, if every day was like today, where would my life be like in three mm. years? Wow. Because we tend to think of our decisions in isolation, but they're not. They're compounded, right. right? And we think, oh, well, it's just this one time. It's just one time I made this choice where I did this thing. And, and really, um, our life is built up a bunch of tiny little moments, right? And so when we ask the question at the end of our day, when we think about our day, because some of us just go through and we're sort of on autopilot. But you know, I, I fill out a, a sheet every day. I have a work, work, workbook that I, I created. I fill out every day. And the last question is always if every day was like today, where would my life be like in three years? Um, and it's not always stellar. Sometimes I'm like lonely because I worked a long day or, right. or whatever it is. Like it's not, you don't always knock it out of the park, but it helps us realize that our, our, our decisions aren't made in isolation. And it really like a big piece of it is just doing intentional living. Um, and don't just kind of pop into autopilot, like really thinking, okay, is this serving me? Is this getting me to the version of me I really want to be? Or is it kind of just detracting from that? Right, right. So for the last question. Okay. Oh, this is going to be I can tell. <laughs> what is one of your favorite qualities about yourself and how do you live that quality out? Inspiring. Um, I, uh, I, I'm looking actually in my office that I have a big sign that says inspire. Um, I, I love inspiring people. Um, I love showing people what's possible. And it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm a business advisor doing a businesses, sure. But in their lives, whether it's you want to run a marathon, you want to write a book. Um, I'm that person at a barbecue that's, God love them. Someone happens to say, yeah, I've always wanted to write a book. And like in no time, I'm at the side <laughs> with like a notepad. And I was like, if you do yep. 10 words a day in X amount of days, average manuscript, 70,000 words, or someone says they want to run a marathon. I'm like, well, there's one in three months and I'm on the sign up page now. We can just get this done. So, um, I, people don't want to talk to me at barbecues anymore, but, um, <laughs> I love doing that. I love inspiring people. Um, and just lighting a fire in people. I just, there's nothing greater than, um, you know, we talked about getting in cages earlier, getting people out of cages, like just go, no, 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 that, that doesn't have to be you. Right. You can choose totally different. And that's why the podcast is called pivot me. Cause it's about how you can just pivot in life. And at any point we can choose to be completely different. So, um, inspiring. I love it. I love it. Oh, well, thank you, April, so much for being a guest on the show. And I can't wait to have you on again in the future for sure. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you for having me on the show. It's such an honor. And I appreciate our friendship. And I'm so glad that you showed me how to do Instagram stories so very long ago, <laughs> uh, which was only, I think, like a year ago. Um, and the way, you know, I just gotta just gotta say, Ashley, like, we work together, not just in the BBG community, but we've got other um, meetings that we do every couple of weeks. And the, your ability to just jump in and help both me and everybody else in that team has just been amazing. Like you just are a phenomenal human being. And I'm just so glad to know you. Aww. Well, the feeling is completely likewise. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors, and our clients. 
Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.